So as I said, we've rounded third on this sermon series, a couple left in this sermon series, and then we go into the season of Advent, where we're going to be looking at the mess, uh, one of the reasons why Jesus comes is to make sense of the mess that a lot of different peoples and nations were found, had found themselves during that time, but we'll get to that, and we're continuing in the book of Hebrews, simply irresistible, understanding the irresistibleness of grace. The irresistibleness of Jesus, yet there are times we tend to resist that. And what kind of kingdom, what kind of Christianity, what kind of Jesus are you perpetuating in your worlds, in your families, in your schools, in your jobs? Are people looking at that and going, no, that's easy to resist, I want no part of that. Are they looking at that going, huh, something is different And so we start a very kind of well-known chapter, Hebrews 11. The heading of my Bible, and we use the English Standard Version, is by faith. This is all about faith. And I love, and again, you know, Brad, when you and I were emailing back and forth on what Sunday would work, though I do plan my sermon series out, we can never, you know, sync up all of the beauty of the differences and the different things we're going to learn on a Sunday morning. And to be able to say thank you to a missionary of almost 30 years missionaries cannot do what they do without faith. I think you would agree. And one of the interesting things in this chapter is how, not only how it starts, but how it continues. It's all about the aspect of faith. That by faith, and there's so many different testimonies and stories of the Old Testament that the writer of Hebrews is wanting this audience to understand. And he's using it as a sermon illustration. And we're not going to go through all of them, but I encourage you to read them throughout today or this week, that by faith, so-and-so did this, by faith, so-and-so did that. And the thing we know about all those stories, for the most part, they didn't do it well. They, They fell, they sinned, they made a mess of it. And so as I told you in the beginning of service, what comes to mind for you that by faith, this happened? Now, we don't have time to really get into it, but I want you to think and churn about those things. By faith, you blank. By faith, you whatever. Or by faith, you didn't do this. Because we've all had that. Where all of a sudden, we we see that we are about to enter a sin spiral, or we know that what we're about to do goes against God's word. And by faith, you don't do it. I always find it funny that you know, people by faith, right, when they, when they have made some bad choices or they're seeking forgiveness from somebody, they said, God gave me the faith to go and seek forgiveness. God gave me the faith to go tell someone that they hurt me. That, but rarely do I hear that by faith, Jim, I didn't do this. By faith, I didn't do that. It goes both ways. So, our confessions speak very directly to this idea of faith. So let's break it down given the Heidelberg Catechism. Question and answer uh, 21, Lord's Day 7, what is true faith? Now, I should take that off the screen and ask anyone that's ever been catechized, looking at you Schleichers, right? You guys went with Dan Arzma and you guys w- walked through this, right? The Schleicher girls through uh, catechism and where's Cam, right? And all the other catechism folk, right? I see, I know Maddie Montman went through catechism here. You should all be able to know this by heart. No? Nothing? Got nothing? All right. So let's read it. By, or what is true faith? True faith is not only a sure knowledge by which 
I hold as true that all God has revealed to us in Scripture, it is also a wholehearted trust which the Holy Spirit creates in me by the gospel that God has freely granted not only to others but also but to me also forgiveness of sins eternal righteousness and salvation these are the gifts of sheer grace granted solely by Christ's merit i know you would have said all of that perfectly i get it it's a knowledge and a trust another way to say that is it an understanding and a conviction of who jesus is that is true faith And I think if we look at the world today, we need faith more than ever. You can look out at the world today and the ground is not only groaning, but the ground is shaking. The ground is crying out. Not only are there disturbances all around us, there's disturbances within us. The wolves in sheep clothing are everywhere. And here's the catch. None of this is a surprise to God. Christ foretold all of this. His scripture has told us. Now, I'm not here ringing a bell, wearing a sandwich board, saying the end is nigh, the end is nigh. I'm not Jonah. But understand that God's not taking a chance on this. We've talked about this. And what he's doing, he's calling people of faith to not only stand and not only walk, But what would it look like for the sheep to sit down with the wolves? Now, for some of you, that maybe make you angry. I'm sorry, but Jesus says that's what's going to happen. That the lion's going to lay down with the lambs, right? That people are going to be in community in the hopes that evangelism is going to occur. That the sheep are going to do the job that the shepherd has taught them to do. And we do so by faith. We set the scene Psalm 11, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? I don't know about you, but the foundations of a lot are being destroyed today from the inside and the outside. It's very easy to see. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, open your eyes, open your ears. Don't ostrich this Life. What does that mean? Ostriches in, in conflict, when things get, you know, uh, all kind of exciting, ostriches put their head in the sand. We don't do that. We walk. We live. We, we stand by faith. We are called the righteous because of Christ. Outside of Christ, we are not righteous, and this doesn't pertain to us. But with Christ, we are. So we have the definition of faith. From the catechism, but understand all of our catechisms, all of our confessions are bound and the foundations are given by the scriptures. Without the scriptures, the Heidelberg Catechism means nothing. The Belgic Confession means nothing. The Canons of Dort mean nothing. Luther's small catechism, I could go on and on. But what does scripture say about faith? Well, let's go to that. Faith, uh, Hebrews 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things unseen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was uh, commended as righteous. God commending him, 
by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because Christ had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Though said a little differently than our Heidelberg Catechism, it's still the same thing. So, April, go back to that first slide. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. We've talked, if you've grown up in church at all, you understand this conversation. You understand that we are to have confidence, never cockiness in Christ. Confidence that we stand on God's word. We stand on what he says. We don't add anything. We don't take away anything. We stand on God's word. And an assurance that he is at work. I wonder, let me pose this question. If you did not have the assurance of faith, and what does that mean? That God is at work with you, that his word holds true, that he will be with you till the ends of the earth, right? That Isaiah, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the flames, they will not set you ablaze. I am the Lord your God, he says, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, that he is with you. I look out, and I know that I know some of you are going through it. That some of you are upset, some of you are angry, some of you are hurt, some of you are tired. What would life look like without the assurance of faith in those moments? This one's not rhetorical. What if you did not have the assurance of faith when life got hard. Give up. It's a great answer. Up there. Hopeless. Right? Is that, or, yeah. Or you say homeless. Well, probably both. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Others. Empty. Ooh, that's a good one. Hell. Oh. Maybe you wrote that on the card. We're going to talk about that, but that's not going to be till next fall. Others, hateful, wow, what was it, someone else, the end, yeah, nothing good, right, if you had no assurance of faith, I'm going to ask it even though I don't want to hear the answer, would any of you show up on a Sunday, collectively you can all say, Thanks, felt good. But it's true. Not that I assure your faith by any means. I did not say that I will be with you always to the very end of the age. That was Christ, that we stand on the promises of Christ because he said it. We believe it. There it is. That we have that assurance of faith, that hope of things to come. And we break it down by what God has done. Hebrews is telling us. He's showing us what he has done and why we should have faith. He understands that we have transactional mindsets. All right, if I do this, you do this. If I do that, you do this. If you don't do this, I'm not going to do that. Right? We go contracts. We make contracts all day. We talked about that during the covenant sermon a couple weeks ago. We make those decisions all day. 
If you do something for somebody else and it's not reciprocated, be honest, you th you'll think about that. You may look at that person even differently. Or you may go, yeah, I'm probably not going to help them again. We do it all the time. But then what Hebrews does, and April, we go to the next slide, is it's the breakdown. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. He's giving us the foundation so we can trust the word of God. That your assurance of faith isn't bound by this, but its foundation is the word of God. How many of you have ever gotten a burning bush talking to you? Max, did you just raise your hand? Okay, we should probably have a conversation after this, if, there, if it was. How many of us have had a talking donkey and don't say, I have a Pastor Jim, right? Don't say that. But understand that God, those are divine connections, divine appointments where God speaks to those individuals, right? That's divine revelation. Understand that he gives us that every day, that he speaks to our wants and our needs. He speaks to our hurts. He speaks to our successes. He speaks to our missions, to our evangelism. He speaks to those things so that his seen was not made out of things that are visible. He created it. We talked about this. Boom. Created. Light. Dark. Right? And I don't care what your theology of Genesis is, whether you are a seven-day, 24-hour, or you're not. Again, that's a, not really a Selvitic issue if you understand that God created it. That God sustains it by the word of God. He is the one that is doing the work. And how we see, if you go through God, the whole Abel, uh, Cain and Abel thing, right? Go to the next, go to the next verse. Each was given the manifest, oh no, sorry, go back. We're not there yet. But if we continue on with Cain and Abel, like it says when we've read one through six, that by faith, one was accepted and one was not. Now, we could dive into why that was, but that's set for another sermon. That understand that by faith we walk. By faith we live out our faith. By faith, my hope is we do that via flesh and blood and not always by, on the internet. But by faith we work out our faith. That the world will see that. I've said this before, I'll probably say it again. That when life is hard... People will, try, will, will look at you. If you're a person of faith, if you're known as a Christian in your world, and I'm not necessarily talking about your family, but the outside world, you're, you're, if you're a teacher, your classroom, your administration, if you're in business, your boss, and all of those things, right? If you're known as a believer and life gets hard, I guarantee you people will look at how you respond. Did that happen for you guys? in a country where Christianity is not kind of primary, I guarantee you that Brad and Naomi knew that. They had to live that out, and people were watching. That by faith we do this. By faith we walk. And why? Because he not only created in foundation and given everything, he also gives to us the Holy Spirit to allow us, to give us not only the knowledge, but the conviction of truth that we can walk out the, the life that God's called us to live. Now go to Corinthians, April, that by the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, 
For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to the other the knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit. And understanding that these gifts are given to the church. It's given to the people of faith. All of those that have done the spiritual gifts inventory. By faith, you walk in those. For those that have taken it and for those that haven't, you take it, you get a ranking of your gifts. Right? It's not gospel truth. It's a ranking of your gifts. Now, I've also had a couple of people not like what they've gotten first off, so they continue to take it. Right? Because they want it to say what they want to say. They're doing it wrong. That's not how it works. But we walk in the gifts that God has given, and he's given it to the church. He's given it to build up the body of Christ. He's given you gifts to help your faith. And I see it all the time in churches. Right? The 80-20 rule, that 80% of the, uh, 80% of the things are being done by 20% of the people. Right? I can't stand that statistic because that's how you get church burnout. That is why at Munster Church, we want you to walk in your gifted areas. If you're not gifted at teaching, shocker, don't teach. It's okay. You're only going to spin your wheels. Maybe you, you, you want to learn about teaching. You, you want to shadow someone that has the gift of teaching. And we have some very gifted teachers here. Or maybe you have the, the gift of evangelism or the gift of hospitality. Just because you have the gift of hospitality doesn't necessarily mean that you lead the small group. Your house just may be the host church or the host house. All of this is to help support and supplement your faith. I don't have too many people at this church come into my office and say, Pastor, there's nothing to do at this church. Woe to the person that says that. No one has said that yet. Some people have alluded to it, but they've not actually said it. Yet I've had in churches where people have come and said, or I've done everything, and I'm exhausted. And I go, do you want to know why that is? No, enlighten me, because you've done everything. Not everyone has all the gifts. We have been gifted. If you're an arm, be an arm. If you're a knee, be a knee. If you're an earlobe, be an earlobe. That is part of working out your faith. Because when it all comes together, as Corinthians tells us, it is the body of Christ. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. But we're going to have times when we underplan for maybe the amount of people that come to an evening dinner or trunk or treat at a church. And we have almost double the amount of people we think we will. But what was so awesome to see, right, Yoshi was able to see all the people that rose up to the occasion to do the different things. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. But I also had people that stepped into a maybe minor gift area. By the end of the night, they were exhausted. And I said, good, because the job got done. Now, if that was how it always was, then we aren't being good stewards. The council, the elders, me, the deacons, we're not being good stewards of your gifts. If we always rely on the same people to do everything and everything and everything, guess what? When they stop doing stuff, they're gone. Because it felt more like a job than a faithful growth area of their giftings. And so we understand that the gifts are for our faith. The gift is for the action. We saw it in Cain and Abel, right? Cain and Abel, there's gifts by faith, we see, that Abel offered his gifts, and it was more acceptable than Cain, 
but he offered in by faith. Abel did that. You go through the entire chapter of uh, Hebrews, chapter 11. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. By faith, Jephthah and David. All of these people. That by faith, they did it. It's powerful, friends. That by faith, we walk. But the first thing is first. You have to understand that God is the one giving you faith. And that faith is something that you can grow by the spiritual disciplines, by, do, by reading God's word, by prayer, by fasting, all of those things. God just doesn't say, okay, Rick, I'm giving you faith. Here you go, brother. And then he backs off. He doesn't say, Rick, you figure it out. No, he comes alongside of us. And here's the key. God will always be good stewards of the seed of faith he puts in you. And that we believe the Holy Spirit gets you excited about that faith, regenerates that faith in your soul, and, and gives you those orders that say, go, go make disciples. And he's there every step of the way. I love coaching kids, and I'm going to close with this. I love coaching kids in sports. Baseball is my favorite. Basketball is where I got a vocal bleed. I do a lot of yelling. But what kind of coach would it be? Day one of sixth grade, or sorry, six-year-old T-ball. If I said, here's a T, here's a ball, here's a bat. They're six-year-olds, by the way. Have at it. I gave you the tools. I'm out. It's not going to go well. There's going to be kids knocked out by other kids with bats. That's how that will go. And Coach Jim won't be able to coach anymore. God doesn't do that. God doesn't say, okay, here's my word. I'm not going to throw it. He doesn't just say, here you go. You think God would, be a, God would waste his voice that way? No. God's voice is not wasted on you. God's voice is speaking to you right now in your soul, in your gut, in your spirit. If you're convicted, that is God's voice. If you're encouraged, that's God's voice. If you feel, and maybe I'm just going to put this out there, not just because we have a missionary in-house, maybe you're feeling called to missions. Maybe there's just an annoying voice in your life that says, it's time to go, it's time to go, it's time to go, and you're like, Nope, nope, nope. Talk to Brad and Naomi. Maybe they struggled with it. What we heard is they're struggling being, or they struggle a little bit with being called home. You talk to Brad and Naomi for five seconds, and they have a heart for people, and a heart for faith, and gospel, and medical, and missions. So to be called home to be with grandkids? Ooh. And I don't even have them yet. But that sounds exhausting. But by faith, they are coming home for a new chapter of life. By faith, what are you going to do? I've had some people tell me, I don't like this series, Pastor, because it seems like you're telling me I have to work out my salvation. And I said, go back and listen. That's not what I'm saying. It is the byproduct of faith in you to go and bring the gospel to people. If you are not there yet, 
if you do not claim Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'm sorry, you can't evangelize. You can't give what you don't have. But that gift of salvation is right there. And if you're here this morning and you want that, maybe you've made mistakes in your life and you go, yeah, I can't have faith because I've done this, this, and this. No, it's because of those things and that understanding that Jesus died for you, that faith is yours. Receive it, profess it, and get to work by faith.